to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to another episode of Meet Your Congregation on Revolution Church Podcast. I'm Caleb Rowe. I'm here with a returning guest, Lucky. Hello, Lucky. How's it going, Caleb? Oh, pretty well, pretty well. How are you? I'm not bad. Not bad. Finally getting some spring in the air. Oh, yeah. It's just always kind of glum and rainy here. When the sun pokes between the clouds in Seattle, it's like a really big deal, you know? It's like... Yep. Is that yep. the second coming? Kind of like that first 40-degree day in Minnesota, and everybody's wearing shorts and hoodies. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's right. In Minnesota, like three-quarters of the year is winter. Around here, three-quarters of the year is, is just a depressing, glum, rainy day. Uh, <laughs> that does not sound good. <laughs> no. That's all right. It's not so bad. Um, so yeah, I wanted to have you back on um, to 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 kind of pick your brain a little bit about uh, your theological journey, as it were. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just I get curious, man. Um, when like I heard you, you know, talking to you and Jay have more of a shorthand because y'all have known each other for a little while. But in the interview that he and I did with you, um, you, you know, you mentioned uh, Calvinism, you know, in 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 your past and. Um, now remind me, what denomination were you, were you brought up? <laughs> uh, I was brought up in two kinds of not fun German Baptists. So it was like, okay, all of, it was like none of the drinking or dancing, but all the judgment <laughs> and nasty mustard. So, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, that was mostly probably till I was about 21. Yeah. It was the German Baptist. Okay. All right. German Baptist. So um, is it, theologically where, where's that landing? Is that, is that uh pretty conservative fundamentalist? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely conservative. Um, it's, it's like the North American Baptist or converge, ah, like, which yeah. is not converge now. So it's, it's right. very similar. Like you can almost lay at one point you could lay their lifestyles or their statement of faith side by side. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, and where would you say that you, you land right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> loaded questions wow i don't even you know i've often thought about how to answer that question and i really honestly don't the closest i can get is i was dating this woman for a while and Uh, she just looked at me and she said you're a rogue christian rogue and like (laughs) i was just like i took it as the star wars sense like i thought it was kind of (laughs) cool yeah then i looked at the word look at the word rogue and i was like yeah i don't know if i'm literal rogue like (laughs) i'm being mischievous and trying to (laughs) You know, I was definitely told I was. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. Oh, rogue Christian. Rogue so Christian. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so here, I'll, I'll give you just a little bit of uh, background on myself. I was raised Southern Baptist. And okay. s- so my uh, process, like I, I kind of, you know, when I started pushing away, I, I went to more new agey, you know, uh, not new agey, new assemblies of God, but <laughs> new age-esque. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, kind of philosophies. Um, I got, I really did get a lot out of Buddhism and I still retain a lot of that. I don't retain a whole lot of the, um, 
you know, memorizing the what the different colors of people's auras mean or anything like that. Like as as I, I got pretty wooey there for a while, but I don't really. I kind of just look back at, at that stuff and just kind of shake my head and smile like, oh, you young little 20 year old silly little boy. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I do, I do retain a bit of the uh, Eastern thought in uh, like Buddhism and, you know, just some of the kind of more pragmatic practical applications of meditation and mindfulness, which really parallels prayer and even uh, a lot of Eastern Christianity, you know, a lot of Eastern Christian thought, yep. like Eastern Orthodox um, has a lot of that kind of metaphysical, um, approach to prayer and meditation and stuff like that. Um, and then I've, yeah, I've landed, I'm, I'd, I'd say I'm pretty rogue wherever I've landed. I've, I incorporate a lot of, you know, death of God theology and, um, uh, you know, radical theology and stuff like that, um, into, in, in into the games that I'm playing these days when it comes to, uh, theological right, thought. Right. Uh, but I'm just curious what, what, what sort of influences got you from, uh, German was it German Baptist? Is that what, yeah German Baptist? German from German Baptist to rogue Christian. What what things influenced you along your way? And and are there things that you've maybe retained or 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 pushed away or or entertained for a little while and then and then decided to let go wow. of? Um, let's, <laughs> tell me what's up, Lucky. I'm, I'm uh, let's, what what got you to where you are? Yeah, I mean. It's been uh, a long journey, obviously, mm. um, for myself. I'll be 52 this summer. Got it. Um, so I basically was in the church till I was about mm, pretty hardcore through 45. By 47, 48, it was pretty much, I was finally done. Uh, I think I stayed because I believed the message of Jesus. Yeah. I thought like what Jesus had to say and Jesus as a person, Jesus as a teacher was compelling even from a very young age but also from a very young age, it's also where it fell apart. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I think I prayed the sinner's prayer, quote unquote, you know, before I was five, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. I think I was around and, the same age. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I automatically had this like, okay, wait a minute. Jesus loves me, but he also kind of hates me. Like, yeah. what, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And like immediately the question started. Yeah. And so immediately before I even knew what it meant, I was labeled a, re- I was labeled rebellious. Right. So, cause you had questions. Yeah. I had questions and it just seemed like, well, who are you going to go to other than the person that's telling you the church or your parents or whoever right. and ask questions? Well, the style of parenting was very much children are seen and not heard. That's very Germanic, isn't it? Yep. Yep. And there was more, there's more to that story there. I don't feel comfortable telling that part of my sure. parents' story. Yeah. Um, great people but just it, it definitely influenced like mm-hmm. what happened in my life yeah and then you have this other so no questions at home and then you have no questions at the church mm-hmm. but it's like i have questions and yeah. even recently like had it out with my dad i'm just like who was i supposed to ask my dumbass fucking friends dad like <laughs> like this was recently and he's just like you know his own journey for things he just he doesn't have answers i'll just put it that way yeah sure um, mm. that's just not his, who he is and then especially then at church it's like no you you just do what we say and you right. believe what we say like that never worked out for me and i just kept questioning and questioning and questioning and my friends were doing you know by high school like they're all screwing around doing their thing whatever but at sunday or youth group night like they put on the show and mm. they were just because they had to yeah like and i was there and i was like okay no like but i have a question <laughs> like yeah i'm seeing like things and it's just like and so those questions kept going rather than what most of my peers did just saying i'm done i don't 
need the church. The church doesn't need me, obviously, and it doesn't want me. Being mm-hmm. a Gen Xer, like we were such a very small generation, we had no influence in most of the churches I was around. Like there was just a few of us at every church. And so most of my peers that stayed just kind of played the game because it was tradition and you right. went and that's what their parents were. Yeah. Extended family. Very inbred. The churches that I went to was very inbred. I was not even in the in crowd there, but um, but I still kept asking questions. And the problem was because then I was told to not trust myself or not think for myself right. or not have the feelings. And because then I was like told constantly to, you know, just shut up and behave. Yeah. Like then it eventually like it rather than completely going inward, I would explode. Mm. And so I was an asshole the anger would just explode. It was a learned yeah. behavior um, as much as it maybe was passed down through DNA. Right. And, but hurting cause like I had legitimate questions and I cared. It's like, wait a minute, you're telling me my friends are going to hell. Like I got, we got to work this out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and so then to spend every day thinking I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. Yeah. You know, when you start getting the language of religious trauma, mm. you know, we're starting to understand that now. And it's like, I read Jamie Lee Finch's book. I'm just going, yeah, this makes absolute sense. Right. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people say it's not a syndrome yet, but that's not for me to decide. I don't yeah. have a doctor or anything, <laughs> but yeah. I kind of understand what's going on there, but it's it's definitely giving language to people to say, no, this is real, really real. Yeah. Um, so that just continued on. And it's like, I, I thought maybe eventually I could earn some kind of favor, do the right things, yeah. um, mm. serve in the right ways. And then eventually I'll, fi- I'll finally feel like I belong. And so very much the system I was in, was very much like you need to behave. Yeah. Well, first off, you need to believe you're terrible. Then you got to believe. Yeah. Then you got to behave. Mm. And then you can. Bo- then you can finally belong. And once you get all that worked yeah. out, you're good to go. And so, I think it was about ten years ago. Um, I was listening to a podcast, and there was it was for a conference, and it was relatively conservative conference, and they were talking about the gospel and how it was projected. And there was one speaker. It's lost to time now. And he, he said, we got it wrong. Mm. It's like, you already belong. You just have to believe it and you have to become more like Christ. And it's like, that like was rather revelatory for me. Yeah. And when I started to share that in my conservative circles, it was almost like I was peeing on the face of Jesus by mm-hmm. saying that, like mm-hmm. the way they would respond. It was just like, right. no, it, it makes sense. And it's like, how can we be anything but belonging to God? Yeah. You know? But there's in that in that culture, it's very much everything is separate. Mm. You know, there's God and then there's us, but then also within us, there's them. And like, we Mm. don't want to be like them. Mm -hmm. And so all that started kind of, I think that was like a tipping point when I, when I started to reframe it that way. And then it led to other things. And I was already reading stuff. I wasn't supposed to like Rob Bell or whatever, you know, like you're not supposed to do that. I'm just like, but did you actually read what he said? You know, whatever book. And it's like, Oh no, like I know because John Piper told me (laughs) he's bad. Yep. Mm. Don't, what you think for yourself <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and so but yeah so that kind of led to where i am now and things like connecting to J- getting to know jay um and you know dick like all those teachers that like he would mention and then mm-hmm. i would find out about peter peter rollins where i don't i don't really know where i heard about him first i don't know if it was on the robcast or jay mentioning him yeah. every five seconds you know? <laughs> 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 and so um those took me to all these other teachers that like I hadn't even really heard of. Mm, and, mm-hmm. you know, that I kind of was on that journey early with the liturgists, you know, with science, Mike yeah, and Michael Gunger, yeah. you know, I still, I still listen to the podcast. They're definitely on a trajectory now and Mike's doing his own thing and yeah. stuff like that. But I was definitely introduced to other things there too, or mm-hmm. it was just like, 
and that community that's starting to grow up through that. Yep. And so that kind of led to where I am now. And it's just the rogue <laughs> Christian just kind of totally. out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit. Um, do you think that that culture of discouraging thinking for yourself and, and um, you know, just kind of, you know, uh, be quiet and, and don't ask questions, don't question anything, um, you know, see, almost like a seen and not heard, uh, you know, a child who is seen and not heard kind of is uh, maybe intended to grow into uh, an adult who just doesn't question anything, you know, who doesn't want to stir the waters, doesn't want to cause any ripples, uh, step on any toes or anything like that. I'm just curious if, do you think that that uh, religion cultivates that mindset of, you know, hands off kind of, uh, just just take it at, at face value, take it you know from the pulpit, whatever you're given, and don't question it? Or do you think that that's more of uh, a Western thing, like a, or you know something that creeps into the religion? Is that a cultural thing that's applied to the religion? Or do you think that, because um, we see it in so many world religions, you know, it's not something exclusive to Christianity. Um, I'm just, and uh, you know, you being a Peter Rollins fan, much like myself, I'm, I'm sure that you're, familiar uh you know with, with the idea of like uh like in his book orthodox heretic he gives the example of um you know the people who make it a law to walk two miles with the roman soldier's coat you know they're like um you know don't, don't just walk one mile walk two and then they make it a law walk two miles but then christ comes back and visits them and, and is like no don't walk two walk four and then you know now that's the new rule and so it's it's we're always looking for a rule you know some that's tangible so i'm just wondering do you think that 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 uh tendency to kind of put everything into boxes and stuff like that do you think that that just we kind of just apply that to religion or do you think that religion in and of itself, because of course we see it in places other than religion, but I'm just wondering why it's so accommodating, why it's so frequent that we, uh, maybe it's just like kind of the opiate of the masses kind of thing, um, which I've had explained to me wasn't originally intended to mean like, oh, it's this great feel good drug of the masses, but it's a, it's a, uh, a cure-all because opium used to be treated, you know, as regarded as uh, a treatment, you know, for any sort of ailment. Like, I'll just give them opium kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just went through that, was it last week, and during Atheism for, Atheism for Lent with uh, Peter Rollins. Oh, okay. And like that, that <laughs> which is so funny because growing up in the church, is like, what's the context of that verse? You know, like, are you taking it out of context? And it's like that phrase about being opium from the masses, like it was the first time I ever read it in context. Mm. And it's like, it, it is more like you said, it's different. Like he, I think that he's pulling something out more than just like, well, you're stupid drug addicts and that's right. why you exactly. go to church. Like that, that was not the point, but that is the point I was taught for yes. ever. Mm-hmm. That, like, I mean, I just read it at 51, like <laughs> and my right. whole life I've been told, you know, was it Marx that said it that? Marks, no, I'm I trying think, to like yeah. uh-huh. remember people, you know? And so it's like, oh, he's just this horrible person and he's going to lead you down the road of sin. Right. It's just like, I don't need help going down the road of sin. I'm doing just fine on my own. Like, yeah. just like, uh-huh. like I'll think of anything that he presents me with. I'll find another way. But so, <laughs> yeah. so like along the lines of your question, it's like, I don't, man, the chicken and the egg. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, it seems like within America, you had 
you know, and I'm not great at history, but it's like, I think if you kind of just observe a little bit, it seems like, you know, like your cultural centers of the day was the church. Right. You know, and you, you went to the Methodist church or you went to the Baptist church or whatever, and then you went to the Baptist hardware store and the Lutheran mm-hmm. hardware store. Yeah. And like, right. you got insurance, and you got insurance from the Methodist guy if you went to the Methodist church and like you all went to church and there was a culture there. And then the family went there forever and like someone would die and they'd buy a bench or a stained glass window, you know, so it was all mm. so wrapped in, in, in his culture that I think that by the seventies, as I was growing up, like that was falling apart. Like the families were spreading away from each other, whether that was in the church or just in society, like we weren't living as close together. Yeah. And so there is, I mean, I, like, I don't know. It's like, it's so hard to say which came first, but it's like yeah. within religion specifically, there's enough stuff there and there's enough precedence and there's enough verses, you know, lean not on your own understanding. Mm. Your heart is most deceitful. And right. it's just like, Good point. Well, my heart is telling me you're being an asshole to me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I should go away. Like, yeah. And so, but like, no, you can't believe that you don't know that. Like mm. you're young in your faith or whatever yeah. number of yeah. things you would say. So, and so then that would then tie in with the acceptance to the culture. It's like, so, okay, well, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to go along. This is what I got to do because it's going to make my parents happy and my grandparents happy. Right. It's like, well, I'm married in this culture, so it's going to make my wife and her family happy. And so it's just, it kind of made sense that most people would just play along. And I, I think that's what most people are doing. Yeah, It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen on the other side of the pandemic. Why would you ever go to church? We talked about that in the first interview. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you would go anymore. The only reason you need to go is for fellowship. Yeah, And it's just like, and fellowship does not need to have a hierarchy. Like it yeah, just doesn't. Right, right. It's the best fellowship I've had. Um, even stuff that I've put together as someone that's like put together events. Like usually it's like that end of the night when you're all kind of hanging out and you have drinks afterwards. Yeah, right. Or maybe at a bonfire, and it's like there's no agenda, and like you have some of your deepest, greatest conversations and silliest conversations in that point, and mm-hmm. like anything that is talked about is out the window. Right. And so like we are. We are at a very interesting time, and I think a lot of the younger generations are just like, oh, we're done with this. This is stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, why would I do that? Why would I go when mostly everything I'm hearing, especially on that conservative side, is against people I love? Mm. Like, very explicit. Like, mm. it shocks me, like, churches that just can't say Black Lives Matter, you know? Mm. Or, or they'll use gay and lesbian people are welcome. And it's just like, yeah, but they know they don't belong. Yeah. Like, right. They know there's a, there's a level like, Oh, we love female leadership, just not in the pulpit. Cause uh-huh. it'll destroy the gospel. <laughs> you know? it's like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's just, I think people are tired. And after a year of not having, having to go to church mm. and finding other ways to do fellowship, why I just don't know why you would go back, especially if you've spent the last year thinking for yourself and researching and hearing other speakers. But I mean, cause you didn't have to, fit within your community anymore yeah where it was gone (laughs) right yeah that's interesting yeah so having that taken away it's like well did we need it to start with and that's that's a big question that i orbit around a lot is like i see some things in christianity that are salvageable i see some things that i would like to hold on to um is it worth fighting for I don't know, you know, like (laughs) if it's going to blow up, like I'm not going to, you know, lose too much sleep over it. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm sure that there are other ways to find the things that I find the qualities that I think are redemptive in in Christianity specifically. Um, But it's, it's like, yeah, do we, 
it's it's hard it's hard to say where the line is if it's like no no guys like, listen you know stick around it's worth you know if you get this part out of it you know if uh, the teachings yeah. of Christ are totally worth sticking around and it's like well yeah you, but you can get that you know ethical teachings and and stuff like that you can get that from other sources you know um, so it's, sure. it's, yeah so it's, that it, that is really interesting um, how in in the context of the pandemic um, to just yeah to see where we'll come out on the other side. I wonder with like other religions, because I don't have a lot of experience, like what are they experiencing? Like what mm. would, what would their, you know, deconstructing believers be saying right now? Yeah. Like, I wonder like what they are missing about church and stuff like that, or their sanctuary or whatever, right. their gatherings, whatever you call it. So that'd be an interesting thing to hear to see what are common and like, oh, that's really cool. And maybe like, they're just, it's just time for something new. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's no. a good thing. It's just like, I'm, I'm done. I just, I never want to hear that's not the way we do it again. You know, like, right. Good point. Like I can remember one of the earliest, the first church split I went through, I was pretty young. They, the church had a, an activities building kind of thing. And they were going to start to do, let people have weddings there. And they're like, Oh, okay, well, cool. Then we could do a champagne toast. And then like half the congregation went, no, we can't. Alcohol's bad. Mm. And then whole argument of like, well, what kind of wine did Jesus make? Well, it was non-alcoholic wine. Well, how would it be non-alcoholic? Oh, my you know, Lord. Yeah. And so that was the first one, and then there was an argument over carpet in the sanctuary, and then oh, there was boy. an argument patting, patting on the pews, and then there was the whole, like, by this point, for me, now it's going into the 80s, and then you have the whole satanic panic, and everything was satanic, mm. and then you have syncopation. The beat is satanic, and it's going to lead you to Satan. And so, like, oh, so I'm Lord. just so done with all of those things. Yeah, that's and, exhausting, right? And it's just like, that is so far from what I thought you were supposed to be as Christians, quote unquote, mm, and mm. who we're supposed to be as the church. And we're sitting over here arguing over these things. Right. And people are literally dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Where are our priorities? Salvation, but like people are dying and we're not doing anything to help them. Right. And I think there's still something good that the church can be. And like Jay and mm. I, and you were talking about before, what would it look like to be the church? Not yeah. the church is a place on the corner. Mm. And I think that's what we were called to do, and we fail for all sorts of number of reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. That's very well put. I, I like I like how you put that. Yeah, it'll it'll be. I'll be very curious to see where we go moving forward. And um, I think that this kind of new direction for Christianity or whatever whatever it is, I think allows for a lot more you know interfaith dialogue. Like you said, maybe maybe creating a space where we can ask those questions of people of, of other religious backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, hopefully what the biggest thing I hope is that it allows Christians at the end of the day, just to ask questions, to be comfortable asking questions. That's right. a big part of why I still want to remain in the kind of sphere of Christianity, you know, be labeled a Christian or a pastor yep. or whatever it is, is I want to be able to approach people uh, you know, comfortably and safely and, and ask like, well, why are you still sticking around here? You know, or like, what are you getting out yeah. of this? And actually, yeah. you know, cause I don't think there's anything, um, in my mind, anything her- heretical, sacrilegious or dangerous or whatever word you want to use about, um, acknowledging the questions that are, that are there, that are there, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and if it's, if it's in your, within your vocabulary to express it this way, then you could say, you know, the questions that God put on your heart, you know, it, um, yep. and it's, I know I, I, as a kid, I was quite, you know, I was always at all these quite, well, why, 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 you know, or what, what causes this? And I, I was, you know, an intelligent kid and I always asking questions and stuff like that. Very similar to what you're expressing. And, um, 
yeah, I, a, a big part of me is just wanting to go up to a young Caleb, as it were, to go up to my almost to you know a, a person in my shoes um, at that age and be like, hey, you know, you, you can let's ask these questions, you know, and and not yeah. not with the intent of ushering them in any direction of an answer of any specific yeah. answer, but but just yeah, but in, encouraging the honest asking of questions, I think is really important. Yeah. There's stuff. There's a couple things in there that I'm thinking about. Like the first one is, I, I'm pretty sure this is in Rob Bell's last book. I can't remember, but I, if it's not him, oh well. Uh, Come after me, Rob. Uh, Let's go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I think he said that like church should be the beginning of questions. Like mm. that should be like as the pastor, he should be that guide, and he kind of has done that. Yeah. And I and I think some people like him and Jay and Peter and even Father Roar, even yeah. though he's within a system. Like I think they're. And like all these amazing female pastors that are out there and female speakers, you know, like your Jamie Lee Finches, even though she wouldn't say she's a pastor like that right. or, or, um, even Hillary McBride, oh, that was sure, with, yeah. uh, the letter just for a while, you mm-hmm. know, just like I'm drawing blank on names. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But you're it's fine. just like to, to, that there's, they're creating new spaces and people are doing something differently. And it's like, I don't think there needs to be like a building and programs and all this other right. stuff. It's good to have those things. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, it's like, I think there's something good about, Hey, we're going to have conversations and we're going to have questions. And like the way that you and Jay have developed your afterglow has gotten, like, if you go back and listen to those first, it's, it's pretty rough, especially audio wise, oh, you know, in Bryant Lake Bowl and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. But it's like just where you've come and how you're helping him. Like you guys really kind of help each other a lot, which has been great. And it's just like, it'd be great to see more of that. Or like mm. I went to a liturgist gathering and like, there is a desire for people to gather. People want to get together. Right. And the question that they kept getting was like, what should we do next? Like, I know Michael Gunger is like, they're trying to figure out like, how do we still express ourselves within Christianity? Mm. I know that's kind of where the liturgists mm-hmm. are going. I haven't been paying total attention. They yeah. haven't released any new episodes. I used to listen to them every day, but yeah, I have not been keeping up. Yeah, I, used, I was I was a Patreon, but then I kind of was like, I don't really understand what's going on right yeah. now. I don't have time to like, invest in all this. Mm. And uh, I'll just wait for you to drop regular episodes. You know, let me know. Right. <laughs> just tell me what to do. Yeah. And so, like, they would be at we'd be at these gatherings. People are like, what are we doing now? And like, they were just like, what does it feel right to do next? Mm. Like, that's what you should do. Like, and stop worrying about what we should do or not do or build a new religion or a new expression mm. of religion. Just like do the thing that's next. And so, like, I think again, you know, like Peter doing this atheism for Lent. And I think most Christians would just write that off. Like, yeah. no, you should do it. like every Christian should do it. Yeah. And it's like, if they, if they believe in the God they believe in is so big, what's going to threaten God by them doing atheism for life? Truth. Nothing. Truth. And uh, so like, I think like Jay does a great job. Like his sermons are different. They're yeah. not like your normal sermons. They're mm. honest. They're like, Hey, I'm struggling today. I don't even feel like preaching from the scripture, you know, yeah. like, like it's just not going to happen. That's real. And mm. it's like, I've had pushback from people throughout my life. It's like, well, uh, he's the leader. He should be, he should have a direction. He's like, he does like he's there. He's being yeah. real. That's where like, I saw Rob's introduction to joy and it was the most fantastic two hour sermon I've ever sat in. And mm. it wasn't a sermon, like anything you would stereotypically a person would say mm. as a sermon and anybody could have sat in and gotten something out of it. And so it's just, I think there's a way and people want to get together. So it's just finding that next thing. I, w- I wish I knew what it was. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'd like to be involved in it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, huh? Like when you can look back and see a trajectory, because um, like when the emergent church started emerging, I guess, it was really hard, especially at that point to, you, you know, there's no leader, there's no doctrine, there's no... They were, weren't they pretty much like 
told that they were the emergent church kind of yeah. <laughs> out of all the other conferences so it's just like yeah hey, we didn't start another conference you pushed us out of everything mm-hmm. else yeah uh, at least that's a good point yeah 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 that's you're not not far off there yeah i know that the, the closest thing to a, like a kind of a mission statement that i ever got that i could see consistently uh being applied was was the idea of like well let's forget about the doctrine and stuff we just want to move towards being more christ-like which is similar to something that you said earlier yep. and then just kind of looking back at like okay that was a step from let's say like progressive christianity or whatever it was evangelicalism progressive christianity emergent church and now we're getting more into like the, I guess, honestly, Pete Rollins is, you know, because he, he was really strong into the emergent church uh, movement, um, but he was kind of spearheading a lot of it. Um, and, now, and now like the radical theology, pyrotheology, kind of new era of death of God theology and stuff. So it's interesting how you can kind of look back and say, oh, there is a trajectory here. And, and yeah, it's like, what's the next step? No freaking clue. You know what I mean? Uh, like you just said, yep. it's like there's, it's it's hard to predict. But there is a trajectory that I feel that I feel is is it is. I wouldn't say it's comfortable because it's not really predictable and it's not you know super. Um, yep. It's not like comforting. But I, I I like the fact that it's leaning into embracing doubt and 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 lack of certainty. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Maria French and um, Barry Space Maker cultural influencer barry taylor yeah if you ever listens to this i think you'd appreciate those (laughs) (laughs) i think they're doing a good job of really trying to explain post theology and even what that means Mm. um and kind of wrapping it in those terms Mm. and i think like peter's great but like there's times i'm so glad i could hyperlink shit on my computer Uh because i'm like what does that what does that word mean like i don't even know what he's talking about right now it's like we'll have to pause the video of him and like oh okay that was just your accent i actually do know what you meant (laughs) but like most or he'll talk about concepts and you if you're not like clicking at it Mm. like you might miss how they're all connecting and so i'll have to go back and listen to those but i think what maria and barry are doing is like i hate to like make this male female but like maria definitely brings that more motherly edge Mm. that maybe like peter isn't and not Mm. that peter's like a dominant guy by Right, no. The way he presents himself, it's just there's just something different. Like they're set, they're sharing similar stories, and I think that there's enough within, you know, my generation and younger of those people that are are finding people like Barry and Maria and Peter yeah. and etc. Because like they're seeing that there's joy, and I think that would probably mm. be the bigger thing for me. Not just like not just the message of Jesus and who Jesus is. It's like is this stuff leading to joy? Mm. And so yeah. conservative friends conservative friends i'm like i i'm fine like that you want to hold this theology but are you actually like getting joy mm. out of it and uh, are others in joy because of who you are mm. like or is it like are you still doing this us and them and like there's only one way to understand jesus and god and it's just like then i then i'd question that yeah like, that, then i should just worship you because you figured it out <laughs> like you took the infinite and you put it into the finite and you understand it yeah and, like i shouldn't I shouldn't even read ever again. Just mm-hmm. tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> I love I love that uh, as a as as a meter. You know, is is this bringing me joy, or is this is this cultivating joy for anyone? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's just such a basic metric. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think like yeah, we say in the church, you know, love your neighbor, and but but in the last five ten years, I've really been thinking about that a lot, and it's just like love is so squishy and gooey yeah. and like whatever it doesn't really mean it oh i love my neighbor who cares do you honor your neighbor Mm. 
And it's like, I, that's hard for me to answer because like, not always, most right. of the time, no, like, mm. cause I'm a selfish prick. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, like everybody else. It's right. like, but to actually put that in the, in the realm of honor, like that flips the script. It's like, am I doing what I'm doing? Is it honoring to my sibling? Mm. And, and if it's not, then it's, that can't be Christianity. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with like, okay, well, love God, love your neighbor. Okay. But again, that's squishy. What does that mean? What about like, are you trying to know God or are you just trying to know a doctrine? Are you just mm. trying to like fit into a certain dogma? Like wow. God should not be limited to, to like that ends of like, and then like, especially in that, I love that in the conservative world, and maybe I talked about this last time, it's like all of a sudden when you've like, if you get somebody you can question far enough, like with all through the other systematic theology, it's like, well, uh, it's just a mystery. That's just the way God works. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, why Lord, don't you yeah. start with mystery? You've, you've set up all this certainty in your, mm. in your, systematic but like it should actually start with a mystery with Mm. i don't know and here's my best guess this is what i'm looking at you know this is my fan fiction this is how i figure out to make it happen yeah you know and it's like when you frame it that way it's like it pisses off people that have been divinity school because they spent a lot of money to defend their fan fiction but it is it's like well i I think jj's version of star wars is better than (sighs) I don't remember who did it in the movie after him. <laughs> I can't remember either, actually. But yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, I don't know where it's going with all that. It's just, it's funny and it's fun to me to think about things a little bit differently in the realm of joy. Yeah. In the realm of peace. And it's like, yes, that can get hippy dippy and new agey. I get that those would be mm. trigger words for any conservative person that sure. might want to listen to this. Yeah. You know, or even somebody that just sees it that way. But it's like, no, like, I, I didn't experience those things because right. that was me leaning in my own understanding. Mm. And it's like, and more often than not, what I tended to like was also bad. I liked heavy metal, bad, mm. like having long hair, bad, mm. you know, mm. I like comic books, bad, you know, it's just like on and on and on. Yeah. It's like everything like, so that then became a projection of me. That's who I am. I'm just bad. Right. And so yeah, like how I don't see life coming out of that. And just like stuff Jay is talking about when he was doing, was it soul force? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that it? And yeah. so he would always talk about when he was talking to these pastors, what is the fruit you're seeing? Yeah. Like, right. Your, your kids are killing themselves. Exactly. And so yes. my fear is within the religious trauma and this whole movement of deconstruction and all this other stuff and post theology is there are people that are, and people are going to be like, fuck it. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's like I've been there. Like every day is a struggle. Yeah. It's a valid place to be. I curse the God that hates me, hoping that he would just kill me. And it's just, let's get it over with. I'm yeah. going to hell. Stop me <laughs> right yeah stop playing with me don't play with your food yeah so it's like what is the fruit of the people that are leaving and so even when i was still in the church quote unquote i was like are you actually listening to the stories of people leaving yeah or are you just trying to defend the mm. the theology that they're going against at the moment wow and so that's what i was going to talk to you about was that video the videos that are out there of like christians blasting ex-christians yeah um, i heard i heard a podcast and it's a guy that's writing a book on, it was on the existential happy hour. And it was a, it's a youth pastor that's writing an anti-deconstruction book. And do you know, have you know that, do you know that podcast existential happy hour? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I can't think of the guy's name right now. He's out of Minnesota as well, but he, he's like trying to talk to the guy and he's like, the guy is not this pat youth pastor is not understanding. And the host of the podcast is like, you keep, you keep giving me these verses. He's like, I know the verses. Like, I, I prayed them. He's like, I could read you my, my journals and stuff like that. And like, God is not answering my prayer. Right. And 
you're trying to destroy what I'm going through. And I'm still seeking after God as much as I don't want to. And I don't like him right now. Yeah, <laughs> mm. You're destroying me. And he's like, mm. you're not, you're never going to understand. You can't write against deconstruction because it's like trying to explain to somebody how you score a touchdown in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. Mm. Like it's, it's such a different thing. Mm. So mm. yeah, it's just, I think there's something happening and there's conversations that are happening that are, that are good. And I'd like to see where things are going. Yeah. I hope that. I find the right words to curse the the God that hates me. <laughs> right. No, that's great, man. Thank you so much for for sharing all that. Um, is there anything else that you want to particularly touch on before we wrap up? Um, I don't. I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I do know. I so sometimes we say things, and like you were saying, like you kind of have an exchange, and like Jane, I know a little bit of each other and stuff, and and I said fuck Paul without any context. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of that was what I was going to go to because then he. I don't want to say Jay got defensive, but he was defending the point that I wasn't trying to make because right. I do agree with Jay. Mm. But it was just like, I think Paul, like the point I was going to make is that we can say of any theologian, yeah. well, fuck that guy, fuck that girl. Like mm. there's no threat in it. It's, it's got, it's that person's particular wrestling with how they're trying to understand God. Mm. And so what I wanted to talk about more and maybe ties even into things is like when Paul talks about like, if, if this is all fake, if God, if Christ is not who he says it is, it's all worthless. And yeah. I'm just like, that's so wrong. I agree with you. And like I, I said that to somebody once. I'm like, if we all actually lived like Christ and Christ wasn't God, imagine how the world, amazing the world would be. It wouldn't matter I agree. if Jesus was God or not. Yeah. It'd be irrelevant. If, he, if the resurrection were, li- were literal or not. Yeah. I don't know if that's the verse that you're referencing, but I know that's another one. It's like, if, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then it's all in vain. Yeah, it's all in vain. I totally disagree with that. I completely disagree with that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like it, like your life isn't lost because you left, like you live like Christ. Like, th- like I don't understand how there's not beauty and thriving that is being provided by living as Christ actually called us to live. Mm. And if he's not God, what do we lose? I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great point. That could be a whole sermon right there. So you got any more questions? Anything else you want to address or? No, man, that's, I mean, I probably will. I'll probably come up with some in the next uh, like half hour after we hang up here, but. (laughs) Isn't that the way it always goes? (laughs) Yeah. I'll let them accumulate and then I'll, uh, then we'll schedule another one of these. (laughs) So what are you hoping for um, post pandemic? Like, what are you, what are you dreaming? Like, what are you guys currently dreaming as far as like what the church could look like, what revolution could look like? Yeah. Like, is there, is there anything you're dreaming? Any crazy whiteboard sessions happening? Yeah, that's there. There are. I'm not sure how much I can specifically go into, but we're um, we're de- we there are there are, and we're looking at new directions and uh, a little bit of diversifying. We're looking at a little bit. I don't. I don't want to be too vague, but um, we're looking a little bit at kind of changing how we're approaching it, and then also changing the applications from there. Um, a lot of what we've been working on during the, the pandemic will still apply as far as like we're building, like trying to build the YouTube channel and the, the live services and stuff like that. Cool. Um, I, I can say that like we, we want to do more uh, offer. We want to offer more uh, content that may or may not fall under the Revolution Church label. Um, sure. Like, you know, uh, so that's that's something that that's actually a pretty big teaser there. Um and offering maybe like some group private group courses and stuff like that uh probably you know online primarily and then even looking at maybe some physical gatherings kind of like spark or wake or stuff like that even yeah yeah so. yeah no those are all great let me know if you need any help or anything i, I love doing events oh cool so I, i've definitely been thinking 
how I would do de- events differently than I had done them in the past. Obviously, it's a different scenario, different you know group of people and stuff like that. And so yeah. it'd be kind of fun to see what that would look like. Um, I did uh, did a lot of stuff in the last church I was at within the men's ministry, and it's like I was I would love to see where that could have gone. Yeah. I, I obviously wouldn't have been able to stay because I was being more honest with myself. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh. <laughs> The, f- the funny thing is, just a side note, the first uh, event I did with these men, I actually made this video, and I had the women of that church welcome them just in voice, and I actually got pushback from guys. Like, why Why would you have women welcome men to a men's thing? I'm just like, why, what the why not? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really understand. So, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I went to Kin with uh liturgist i went to their to the first two i helped out at the second one and that there's some fun stuff there that i got to witness and and see that you know if you're looking for ideas i'd love to like be available to you any way i could dude yeah i, I will take you up on that I, yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh-huh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that let's let's keep that conversation going definitely cool well thank we you good? lucky yeah we're good man thank you so much for making time and and being patient with the scheduling of this and everything and, oh. Don't worry about it. Yeah, man, this is great. And let yeah, let's keep that. Uh, if nothing else, let's keep that dialogue going for sure. About because uh, because Jay and I are not event planner or we're not we're not good at <laughs> at that. You know, we have our own <laughs> gifts, but but yeah, we could totally use someone who can help us or organize and think ahead and 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 think of the the big picture of making something like that actually happen. You know, where the rubber meets I the road. Like that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Lucky. All right, Caleb. Have a great day. Take it easy. All right, dude. We'll talk soon. Okay. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. is a community of grace and provocation led by Jay Baker. The podcast and other content is produced by Chromatone Productions. The music you just heard is by Andrew Bryant.